Uh, well, I'm excited to be here tonight. So glad to see all your lovely faces and uh, and uh, just excited to believe that God's got something for us tonight. I believe he's got a rhema word for us. And uh, I just encourage you guys, let's turn on that switch of faith. Let's be expecting. Let's know that we got the Holy Spirit, the helper, the teacher, the guide on the inside, the revealer of truth. And uh, whatever it is that you may be facing or going through right now, he can speak to all of us individually, simultaneously. I mean, he is the ultimate multitasker. I mean, I, I don't know how many times I've heard things said where, you know, oh, man, that was so good. You said such and such. I never said that. Well, it's God speaking to you. It's God speaking through you. And whatever it is that you need, like Pastor Sterling was talking about, he is the great I am. And you can fill in the blank for whatever that need may be, whatever that desire may be. He is the great I am. He's the all-sufficient one. He's more than enough with plenty left over. Amen? Let's open up in prayer. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus tonight. And Lord, as... Uh, uh, I believe it was Zechariah that said, I don't come in my own might or my own strength, but by your spirit. So, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We invite you. We thank you for your presence here. We thank you for your anointing. Lord, we thank you for the word of God that does not return void, but it accomplishes each and everything that you set it out to do. And, Lord, we just thank you that we don't leave here like we came, but, Lord, we are changed, rearranged, transformed from the inside out. God, Lord, you are doing a work on the inside of your people. And, Lord, that, the, that you are going to honor those that showed up tonight. You are going to meet them right where they're at. You're going to minister to them, Father. And we just thank you for ears to hear, eyes to see, soft, receptive hearts to receive the word of God. Lord, I just declare that the soil of our heart is fertile to receive the, the seed of the word of God so that it can produce much fruit in our lives, that we can be like trees planted by streams of living water whose leaves shall not wither but shall produce its fruit in each and every season. And everybody said, amen. Praise God. Well, um, you know, I was just thinking today as I was prepping this week for this message and just how, you know, as I've walked with the Lord and as I've gone further along in this thing, how much that scripture rings true that apart from God, you can do nothing. It seems like, you know, in life, we become so self-sufficient. I got this. I can take care of that. Um, oftentimes, as, as, as men, we, we want to provide. We want to take care of business. And all of that is good and well. And uh, God is all about good work ethic. He says, if you don't work, you don't eat. Um, so certainly, we want to do that. But... There is a level of learning to trust in, the God, trust in God and take the back seat and let him take the steering wheel of our lives. Because, you know, today I was just feeling like a, like a little child before the Lord. As I was worshiping the Lord, as I was just spending time in his presence, I just felt like a little child before, the, before God, just almost helpless in his presence. And for so many years you know, God meets us where we are, and, you know, wherever we're at, you know, he's so good and faithful to meet us there. But as we continue to progress in God, he requires more of us. To whom is given much, much is required. 
And so I've found in my journey that things I used to do in my own strength, in my own might, in my own ability, even ministry stuff, doing it naturally. When he's saying ministry was intended to be done supernaturally. And so things that he allowed me to do in my own strength, he's stripping me of those things. And things that used to seem to be easy in my own strength, it seems like I can't do it no more. It's like, God, what is going on here? It's like, I'm not even capable for the task. And this is stuff that I, you know, would have done without even thinking before. I'm just throwing this out free of charge right now because this is just, you know, where I'm at with the Lord. And, and he's, he's ultimately desiring us to come into that place of intimacy where we trust in him and actually put our confidence in him doing the work through us and not doing it apart from Him. Because apart from Him, we can do nothing. But thank God we're not apart from Him. Philippians 4.13 says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The Holy Spirit, the greater one, abides and resides on the inside of us for all eternity. Jesus said to His disciples, and they're just baffled by it, Master, why do you have to leave us? We've loved doing life with you. And he's saying, basically, guys, it's going to be more profitable. It's going to be more beneficial to you that I leave. Why? So that I can send forth the Comforter. So that I can send forth the Holy Spirit of God to dwell and to live on the inside of you wherever you go. Reverend Mark Hankin said this, if you'll simply yield to the Holy Spirit, he'll make you look like a genius. And, and man, I, I may not be the sharpest tool in the shed, but I tell you what, I'm, I want to do my best to take heed to that because he is the wisdom of the ages. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows every nook and cranny, every corner, twist, turn, up, down, inside and out. I tell you what, he's been there. He's provided a way for us. He's made provision in advance, but we need to learn to trust. We need to learn to put our confidence in the one who is trustworthy. Put our trust in the one who will never fail you, who will never let you down. And he's really been pushing me in this area, son. I want you to live life supernaturally. On your job, in your marriage. I want you to begin to use your faith. I, I want you to begin to actually practice the Bible. I mean, so, so many Christians will get baffled by people that actually walk by faith. And that seems like an oxymoron, but it's true. When people start talking the Word of God, and, and as, as Abraham said, I believe in Hebrews chapter 4, uh, in essence, and I've said this over and over again, I'm going to keep hitting it, the nail on the head. In essence, faith is calling those things that be not as though they were. Not calling things that be as though they are as the way that it feels, as the way that it seems, as the way that it looks to my natural eyes and, and five physical senses. We are so often controlled and dominated by our physical senses, by our flesh. And God is saying, I've called you not to look at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen, because the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are unseen are eternal. The things that we can't see in the realm of the Spirit are more real than what we have around us right now. 
I tell you what, there is angels encompassed about us right now. The presence of God is in this place. He says, I inhabit the praises of my people. God is here. But are you aware of that? God is wanting you to, like Pastor Starlene was saying, turn up the volume and the decibels in your heart to the voice of the Spirit of God. Because he wants to call you out by name. He wants to have that relationship with you. He wants you in these turbulent times and all of the many voices for you to be so acutely aware of his voice and becoming God inside minded. The Lord is saying that he wants us to have an increased sensitivity when it comes to the things of God. An increased sensitivity because we have become so calloused that we're not hearing clear. He wants us clear to hear. He wants us to get the earwax out of our ears and start listening to him. We got to get into his word. We got to listen to the Holy Spirit. The word and the, the word and the Spirit always agree. Tonight, I'm just gonna touch on it for a few minutes, and I put it. I I, it, I titled it "Intro to the Holy Spirit." Why? Because He is so vast. He is so great. He is so awesome. We can't even scratch the surface in 20 minutes. So I'm not even gonna try. So we'll just see where we go here. Um, but we're just gonna just kind of introduce a little bit more of the Holy Spirit because so oftentimes we magnify Jesus and rightfully so. Thank God for the cross. Thank God for the name of Jesus. We need to worship Him. He, there is no other name under heaven by, man, by which man will be saved but at the name of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus that causes demons to run in fear. So I'm not, I'm not belittling that in any way, shape, or form. But I am wanting to redirect your attention, if you will, to the one who's in the earth today. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, is the one in the earth today. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father right now where he ever lives to make intercession for you and me. That is the current day ministry of Jesus, is ever living to make intercession for the saints on the earth. But he's seated in heaven next to the Father. But he sent forth the Holy Ghost to abide and reside in us, with us, all the time. And that's what's so cool compared to the contrast of man. It so would have been neat to walk with Jesus, and certainly it would have. But how many know Jesus in the flesh was not omnipresent? He was in one place at one time, just like you, you and I. And so if he's across town... And I'm in Jerusalem, and he's in Samaria, and we don't have cell phones. I ain't going to get my answer. But I tell you what, you got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you that has the answer. He has what you need in you. Everything that you already need is on the inside of you. Come on, I'm preaching. So the Holy Spirit is a divine personality with a divine purpose. He is a divine personality with a divine purpose. Let me just kind of lay down his, his personhood. He is a divine person. He is a gentleman. He's the third person of the Godhead. He's the greater one on the inside of us that 
First John talks about. He is, I like this, he is our, con- one, one translation says, he's our constant companion. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's always on your side. He desires to know us. You know, I think about this, you know, how, how earthly fathers can be so good to their kids and give good gifts to their kids. How much more does your heavenly father want to give the Holy Spirit to him or her who asks? Right? He wants to give the Holy Spirit liberally, in abundance. Let me tell you what, God is not a chintzy God. He's not a, um, um, lack is not in his vocabulary, (laughs) I think is a good way of putting it. So when he says, I will give liberally, in John 7, 38, he says, out of your heart shall flow rivers of living water plural so he's wanting the holy ghost to to come upon you and also reside within you and that's what we're going to touch on tonight we'll get more into next time that he is a personality he is a person he can be grieved and he can be pleased we can grieve him and we can please him and the choice is ours he has emotions he has feelings He's God in the earth today. You know, the Trinity is just so mind-boggling to wrap our brains around it. We can't hardly comprehend it. But we got the Father, we got the Son, we got the Holy Ghost, who are three unique individuals, but yet all the same, three in one. I mean, it's just hard to believe. But the Holy Spirit, we got the Spirit of Jesus abiding on on the inside of us. But I'm going to say that again. His feelings can be both grieved and pleased. So let me ask you today, are you grieving him or are you pleasing him? That may have been a better title. Are you grieving him or are you pleasing him? The choice is ours. So in John chapter 14, I'm going to look at a few verses in the Amplified. John 14, uh, starting in verse 16. It says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor. You know, sometimes we're spending a fortune on counseling, but we got the ultimate counselor and guide on the inside. That, that you know, and I'm all for counseling and doctors and stuff, but I tell you what, he knows stuff that they don't know. He is the great physician. God's word is like medicine if we'll meditate on it, if we'll feed on it. It'll bring healing to our flesh and strength to our bones. But he's our counselor. I like this. He's our strengthener. He wants to strengthen us. He, he's our standby. He's, he's with us wherever we go to be with us forever. In verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him. But you know him. I'm here to tell you tonight, if you made Jesus Lord, you know him. You know him. You just maybe need to get a little better acquainted with him. But he is so desiring to know you more. 
because it because they do not see him nor know him but you know him because he the holy spirit remains with you continually and will be in you verse 25 it says i've told you these things while i'm still with you but the helper comforter advocate intercessor counselor strengthener stand by the holy spirit whom the Father will send in my name, and this is in the Amplified, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things, and He will help you remember everything that I have told you. Man, we just had some, I had some conversations today about to-do lists. And I said, well, I take a mental note of that. And then come to find out I had a brain fart. I forgot. Anybody had a senior moment and say, man, you know, you may not be a senior, but it's like, man, I, I took a mental note, but I forgot. So we should be smart to write stuff down. But thank God we can look to him. He can bring things to our remembrance. Lord, I had that thought. I, I had that, that thing I had to do. Holy Spirit, I'm asking. I'm trying to be practical here. I'm asking you to. Bring to my remembrance what it is that I need to know concerning that situation. And he will bring it to your remembrance. I've, I've had it happen just like that. I'm racking, and back to doing things in my own strength. I'm running, tearing the house apart. Where are my keys? I'm a half hour late for work. You know, just getting frustrated and trying to analyze and figure stuff out. And then he just gives me a little tap. How long are you going to run around this tree in circles? Hello. Forgive me. You know where those keys are? Thank you for showing me. I believe I receive it right now. You're showing me right where they are? And bam. I tell you what, he'll show you where those keys are. They're sitting in that pile of laundry that you've failed to fold. Uh <laughs> That your wife's been harping on you for the last four days? No, I'm just kidding. So, maybe. <clears throat> but uh, he will show you that stuff. And that seems so minute. That seems so insignificant. But I tell you what, guys, when you begin to implement these things and begin to start practicing the word... Too many Christians are like, what, what is faith? And, and, and when you start actually living this out, you're going to be like what the Bible says, a peculiar people, even amongst your own tribe. People in your own circles are going to begin to look at you sideways when, they, when you begin to say, you know, they check up on you and, wait, hey, how's, how's your knee doing? I, I know you tweaked that or whatever the other day. And you're still, naturally speaking, you're, you're feeling it, right? You're, you're walking it out. But you're watching your words. You're watching your language. God speaks a language, and it's the language of faith. Calling those things that be not as though they were. It's not denial. But let me just say this. Calling those things that be not as though they were is not lying. Why? Because the Bible says that God cannot lie. He is not a liar. He does not have the capacity or the ability to lie. He is the very essence of truth. So when he calls things that be not as though they were, he's simply speaking things into existence that he's already seen in the future because he knows the end in the beginning. And he wants us to see the end in the beginning. 
He's actually, and I, Joe and I shared this scripture in Psalms 139, but, but God actually wrote out the storybook of our lives. Jesus is the author, hence wrote out the storybook. He's the author, developer, and the finisher of our faith. So he's already written the book out. Now are we going to take heed to the author page by page, even sentence by sentence, day by day, paragraph by paragraph, page by page, are you going to walk out the storybook of your life that God has ordained for you? Or are you going to write your own book? Hello. How many of you know Jesus? He, he can be strong, but he's, he can be so compassionate. And I, I just want to read this verse 27 just to bring a little comfort here, a little encouragement. John 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So do not let your heart be troubled. How many of you know there's a lot of things that could potentially trouble us right now? could potentially uh, derail us, could potentially get us out of a spirit of faith and get us over into a spirit of fear. I said this the other day, when faith comes in the front door, fear goes out the back door. When fear comes in the front door, faith goes out the back door because they cannot cohabitate. It's one or the other. What are you going to yield to? What are you going to choose? And I love this acronym for fear, and many of you have heard it, but false evidence appearing real. All the, the enemy is a liar and the father of lies, and he is just trying to feed lies and garbage into our brain day in and day out. And that's why the Bible says we've got to take our thoughts captive. We've got we to gotta pull down those thoughts and those strongholds. We've got to arrest our brain and our thoughts and our attention and say, wait a minute, i got to take inventory here. Where did this thought come from? And if it's producing fear, if it's producing anxiety and worry and insecurity and, man, I don't know if this is going to work out, if it's, if it's generating doubt and unbelief, I can assure you who the author of that is, and that's Satan. He is the one that's bringing fear, doubt, and unbelief. But Jesus saying, walk in my peace. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance. I like this. And give you courage and strength for every challenge you may face. So once again, the Holy Spirit is a divine person, personality with a divine purpose. And I really want to drive this home. Do not put the gift before the giver. Because so oftentimes, I, I can only imagine, you know, for, for parents and stuff that, that so bad want to bless their kids. But if they're more interested in the gift than they are the giver and the relationship with you, you got a problem on your hands. God is the same way. He, does, he wants to bless you, but he wants 
your priorities in line. He wants the relationship first. And then when you have the relationship, then the gift then becomes a blessing and not a curse. Because when we get out of balance and we begin to, uh, well, let's call it what it is, idolatry. We're idolizing stuff. We're idolizing material things. We're, we're, we're trying to take the things of this world to try and fill a void in us that only God Almighty can satisfy. And when we do that and pursue those things, how many know it stirs that serotonin in you? E even window shopping can stimulate you. I'm at REI yesterday, and I'm just, okay, let's do credit. Forget, uh, forget that delayed gratification stuff. I want me some instant gratification, you know. I want this now. And uh, thank God I've matured a little bit to where I can, let's, let's, get our, let's get our head out of the clouds and get back on the ground. Is this a good idea right now? And... Uh, and so, really, um, when we go after stuff, it does. It gets us excited. This, this is what I was getting at here. I, I may, it may have sounded sidetracked, but I'm going somewhere. But we think this stuff is going to get us excited. It's going to fill that void. It's going to bring joy into my life. You know, when I got a, when my dad upgraded his dirt bike, I was like, hallelujah. <laughs> I just get me a dirt bike, you know. And so dad and I are getting together. We're doing custom graphics on the bikes. And we're getting all amped up to go riding and camping and stuff. And, and don't get me wrong, we're getting jacked up. But I tell you what, that novelty wears off. Just like buying a new car. You're so excited about that new car, that new car smell. Ooh, this is nice ride. I was even, I've even been looking at some new Lexuses lately. I've got to get off that. Um, but the, the reality is that novelty and that temporary joy that the world will give you and have you, it is temporary, it is short but it will disappoint you every time. And that novelty wears off, but the payment doesn't. You get that new car, you're excited about it for a few months maybe at best, but then you're left with that fatty car payment. That doesn't go away. It's like the novelty went, can't the payment go too? You know? <laughs> Fortunately, it don't work that way. But the Holy Spirit, when we have that relationship with Him and we get gifts, I tell you what, they are a blessing. They, they can enrich our lives. He wants to give us things to, to richly enjoy in this life. But only when we seek first the kingdom of God. When we put God first, when, when our priority is Him, when it's like, God, I don't need this stuff. I can take it or leave it. I'll take the blessing, but you know what? I so much would rather have You. Your presence is means more to me than anything i like that scripture that says i would rather uh dwell at the um the the, the, the basically the i'm going to lay on the floor mat here of uh, the front door of of god's house than than dwell in the abundance and the debauchery of the wicked i'm paraphrasing but i would rather be in the presence of god and only have him than be in the world and have everything 
You know, Jesus talked about that. To, to him who loses himself for my sake will find himself. But when we lose ourselves and get caught up in the world stuff, let me tell you what, the things of God and your salvation is far more precious and it's not worth gambling. It's not worth sacrificing at the altar of idolizing stuff. I tell you what, when we lift up Jesus, the things of this world grow strangely dim. Jesus is wanting us to get this um, eternal perspective where we begin to see things through his lens. Because when we see beyond the 70, 80, 90 year mindset that we have in the earth that can cause us so much trauma and turmoil, when we look beyond that, that light of momentary affliction in the scope of eternity does not mount, amount to a hill of beans. I begin to ask myself this question when I face stuff. Is this thing really going to matter much in a week from now? Is this really going to matter in a month from now? Even in a year from now, is this something that is going to completely train wreck my life? Probably not. If we have an eternal perspective, it will bring the things in this life into a proper perspective, which is down here where it's supposed to be. And it's, it's the things that seem to matter so much that, that got your panties in a wad doesn't bother you anymore. Why? Because you are driven by eternity. You were thinking on the things above, not on the things of this world. This life is but a vapor. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Man, I'm getting excited. Is anybody getting excited? Come on. Hmm. I don't even know where to go here. Hey. Oh, hang on. Them boxer briefs can be a, a bear sometimes. My goodness. All right, let me get situated. All right. Okay, carrying on. So in the Old Testament, <laughs> let's back this horse up. So in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God, so we were talking about the Holy Spirit, His divine personality, okay, that we can grieve Him and we can please Him. He desires relationship. He wants to bless us, but more than anything, He wants to be with us. But he also has a divine purpose. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God only came on the prophets, priests, and kings, and on occasions would come on individuals temporarily to do a job or a task. You know, in the Gospels with Jesus, his ministry didn't even start until he was baptized by John in the Jordan, and then the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. The Spirit, He lives in us. He comes upon us. He is, the Holy Spirit, He is the power source that anoints and equips us to live this life supernaturally. He is the power of God in operation. In the Acts of the Apostles, verse one, or, uh, chapter 1, verse 8, you know we hear it often said, and many Bibles say, the Acts of the Apostles. But if we want to be a little bit more accurate, it's actually the acts or the works of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit working through 
the apostles. It's the Holy Spirit doing the work. So He is the one that is the power source. He is the one that anoints us. Uh, Acts 1 verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in, Jeru in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So he's saying he's wanting to put his power, his anointing on us. The anointing of God. You know, Jesus Christ, Christ isn't his last name. I don't know, that might burst somebody's bubble here. But Christ actually means Messiah or the anointed one. And the, how many know that now that his spirit lives in us, we have the anointed one and his anointing in us and on us? I love what Acts, so Acts 1 talks about we're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. But then Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Oh, I got it in the Passion here too, I'll read that. Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with great power. Notice that, that, that the Holy Spirit brings the anointing, He brings great power, and He did wonderful things for others and divinely healed all who were under the tyranny of the devil. For God had once again anointed Him. We apostles were eyewitnesses to all the miracles he performed throughout the land of Israel. And I love that scripture. I can't think off the top of my head. But if there was enough books in the world to contain everything that Jesus did in the, in the earth, there will be not enough books to contain it. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Why? Because God was with him. You know, Jesus was referred to as both the Son of God and the Son of Man. And when you think about that, why was He both the Son of God and the Son of Man? Because when He was in the earth, He was 100% God and 100% man. He was actually laid aside His deity. He never ceased from being God, but he laid aside his divine privileges and deity. Why? So that he could be our example. Because if he did it as God, how on earth could we do that? Because how many know that we're a far cry from God? <laughs> I mean, we are not, we, we are not, thank God we're his kids. We're created in his image and likeness. But let's not be foolish like Satan and think that we're God or, or could be greater than God because there is none greater. But he was 100% God, 100% man, anointed by the Holy Ghost. So everything he did as a man in his ministry on the earth was operated as a man like you and I, anointed. In other words, the, the, the grace of God, the Greek word for grace is um, charis or charis. And, and that's actually the root word for charisma. And, and when you think about that root word charisma, 
it, it, it's a dynamic word. It's, 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 it's thinking of people, man, they really excel in that area. The grace of God is God's, and I say this a lot, but it's His supernatural ability that goes beyond our natural ability. God's grace is His divine empowerment or anointing when the Holy Spirit comes upon us to do things that you cannot do in your own strength. It's doing life supernaturally the way that He called us to do it. Why? Because when we do it supernaturally, God gets the glory. And I don't know how many times I've strived, struggled, and strained to do things supernaturally, naturally. It can't be done. We need that endowment. I love how it says over and over again that the Spirit of the Lord came upon me. That's His Spirit. That's His anointing. And I'll, I'll, I'll probably... Oh, shoot. Okay. Well, Second Kings is one of my favorites. And it was the passing of the baton from Elijah to Elisha. And he was faithful to his master. He was faithfully committed to him. And he said, I'll never leave you. I will never leave you. I will stay with you until the end. And... At the end, when it was time for him to go up into heaven like a whirlwind, God said that if you see him, see him go, then that mantle, that anointing, that charisma, that grace, that calling can come upon you. He said, Lord, I, I pray for a double portion of that anointing. And if you read and study through 2 Kings, he did twice as many miracles than Elijah did. And I believe that God's wanting to do that in our lives. He's anointed each and every one of us. He's given us grace. He's given us charisma. He's given us a calling and an assignment. And now you need to get on your face before God and, and, and see what that is. Seek His face. He's not withholding any good thing from you. He's, he, he desires you to fulfill His will more than you do. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just thank you that we don't have to do things in our own strength, in our own might, in our own ability. Lord, I'm just realizing just how frail we are as humans. How incapable we are. That we cannot navigate these end times turbulent waters within ourselves that's why people of the world are in chaos so father my prayer for each and every person is that we can begin to practice your word that we begin to walk by faith that we put our trust and confidence in the one who is trustworthy and father i just thank you for the anointing and the power of god falling on each and every person each member with unique gifts, unique callings, a special grace and an anointing. Holy Spirit, I thank you for filling each and every person here, touching every heart, changing every life. If you're here tonight and you say, Terry, you know, I haven't even started this journey. I don't have the Holy Spirit on the inside of me because I haven't made Jesus Lord of my life. Let me tell you what, there is no greater decision that you could ever make because I'm telling you now, the end is coming and we are not guaranteed tomorrow.
we're not guaranteed the next breath. So don't think for a second, well, I'll just take care of that down the road. You may not have a down the road. So if you're here today and you say, Terry, I need to make Jesus Lord of my life, or secondly, I need to just get serious with God. I need to rededicate myself to the Lord. I need to get myself out of the the, the world and allowing it to consume me and allow Jesus and his word to take precedence in my life. If that's you and you're saying, Terry, I need Jesus or I need to reconnect with him. If that's you, just lift your hand up to heaven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I see your hand. He sees your heart. Thank you, Lord. Well, church, let's pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he is the Son of God and that he died for me. Jesus, I repent of my sins. Wash me in your blood today. Make me white as snow. Jesus, you are Lord. Take my life and do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. I hope you guys had fun tonight. I know I'm glad I showed up. So we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. And uh, we got a lot going on in Tacoma, too. So if you have any questions in regards to Men's Fight Club or other events going on, uh, please talk to one of us. We want to get you plugged in. So God bless you guys. You're dismissed.